Hey, what's going on? You're listening to another episode of the Women for Greatness podcast. I'm your host, Serena Hess. I'm a confidence coach and basically your online BFF. Here we talk about all things positivity, life stories, and just the nitty gritty of what we're actually thinking inside of our heads behind the perfect Instagram feeds. So today, this is episode 52 of season two. Hello. I wanted to talk about building your relationship with your cell phone. Dun, dun, dun. Let's face it, we all have cell phones, and no matter how much time we spend with them or 24-hour cleansing away from them, cell phones have become a huge part of our lives in 2019. On average, according to a study that I found while I was Googling and doing research for this episode, on average, the U.S. adult will spend two hours and 55 minutes on their smartphone each day in 2019. And as you know, there's a screen time feature on your phone where you can see how much of your time goes to your phone. So today I just really wanted to talk about my personal relationship with my phone, things I've learned along the way about having to pull back with it. And I also wanted to give you helpful strategies or techniques to having a better relationship with your phone. Because girl, I see you. I hear you and I know that you're up to amazing things. I know that you have all these dreams in your head and you have these plans and these things that you're doing and that you're you're literally doing it. But I also know that there are things battling for your attention every single day. Things like your cell phone, things like YouTube trying to pull you in, things like toxic friends that are trying to steer you off the path. Girl, I see you and I hear you. So today I just wanna equip you with really tactical things that you can do to get a hold of your relationship with your phone. Cause I've been there, I've been in that place where it's like you go to sleep and when you're going to sleep, you're on your phone for an hour and you're like, why am I still on it? I'm just kind of scrolling and then you wake up and the first thing that you do when you wake up is you go on your phone. It's gotten to the point for me where I look at my screen time and it's like, oh, you spent five hours on your phone. Can you imagine if I had been doing something else, how much more rewarding that would have been? How much other things I could have gotten back into my life? I could have probably read an entire book or I could have gone and networked and met with a bunch of people and invested in relationships. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to formally invite you to be in the club. Like, you know, the super secret club. No, I'm not talking about the private Facebook group for the Women for Greatness community, although you can join that too, of course. Instead, I'm talking about the email list. Each week, I love hanging out in your inbox. I mean, Instagram is great. Instagram's fun because we can see everybody's pictures and share stories. Think about it like this. If I posted a vulnerable story on Instagram and asked you to share your experience, you probably wouldn't want to comment one of your vulnerable moments on the Instagram comments. But instead, if I sent you an email that was just open and honest and raw and you totally resonated with that, wouldn't it feel so much more private sending an email back saying, hey, I've been through that too. Hey, I've been there. I know what that is like. The email list is basically like you and I getting coffee, hanging out, and just a chance to be a little bit more personal. So if you haven't joined the email list already, go ahead and go to Serena Hess dot com slash email and that's s-a-r-e-n-a-h-e-s-s i would love to chat with you more personally throughout the week okay so let's get back to talking about the topic of the day which is your relationship with your phone and social media so these are just some of my general guidelines or rules when it comes to my relationship with my phone and i am not perfect i'll be the first one to say that i still have days where i will look up and i'm like oh my gosh i spent three hours on instagram today it still happens but 
what I'm saying is I'm being very mindful of what I do with my phone and the time that I spend on it because our time is non-refundable. We don't get it back. So things that have really helped me, number one, screen time. So look at the apps that you spend the most time on and just have an honest conversation with yourself. Like, is it really necessary for you to spend two hours each day on Instagram? Eh, probably not. Is it really necessary for you to be going back and forth all day long on Snapchat or checking out TikTok? Girl, I don't even know what TikTok is. I don't know if you do, but what I'm saying is you have to genuinely look at where you're at, look at your screen time, and then acknowledge, like, is it necessary for me to really take all of this time for this? And I know that you're probably not an alcoholic and you're probably not a drug addict, but... You can totally be addicted to spending time on your phone. One of the things that I caught myself doing is if Ben and I are having an argument and I don't want to be in that argument anymore, maybe I'll resort to going on my phone. Or if something's uncomfortable and maybe I don't want to deal with it, I'll go on my phone. So your phone can definitely be a crutch, but the first step to changing anything about you, about your relationship with your phone specifically, but you, I guess is acknowledging where you're at. So that's what looking at the screen time can really do. And to look at your screen time, you have to go to your settings on your phone and there's a purple option and it has a little, what is that called? A time, a sand time thing? <laughs> it's a sand time thing, I don't know. Or you could just swipe left on your phone and it's the screen time report. And it shows you where you spend your time. So I know I had a lot of time on Instagram personally because that's one of my favorite apps, but it might be different for you. So that would be my first piece of advice if you want to build a healthy relationship with your phone. Number two, I suggest establishing boundaries with when you will be on your phone and where you will be on your phone. For example, do you want to be on your phone in bed ever at all? period, like when you wake up or before you go to sleep. I know a lot of people are talking about how the blue light and your phone and your technology messes with your sleep. I mean, I bought the blue light blocking glasses, but personally, I haven't really felt super affected by my blue light. But in general, I think it's probably a good thing to have your phone not in bed with you. If you have a place where you like to go on your phone, maybe that's on the couch, go ahead. One of the things that Ben and I talk about to each other or when we catch each other on the phone, I ask him or he'll ask me, what are you doing? And if I say I'm trying to focus, but I got distracted on my phone, you know, that's something different. But if I say I'm taking a five minute break on my phone, then that's okay. If you're establishing boundaries and you're saying I'm going to be on my phone for five minutes and then right after that five minutes, I'm going to go back to work. That's one thing. That's taking responsibility and ownership on what you're doing and acknowledging after this five minutes, I genuinely will put my phone away. But if you're just working and then you look at your phone and pick it up and then you get distracted and you end up in a rabbit hole, that's not really a healthy relationship with your phone because it's kind of triggering something in you and you're going on it. So I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Maybe you have, but that's not a healthy mindset with your phone. Back to what I said, establish when you're going to be on your phone, how much time you're going to be on your phone, how much time are you personally okay with being on your phone. For everybody, it's a different number. For me personally, I'm okay with being on my phone from an hour to an hour and a half each day. 
even still, like if I were to tell my great grandma that she'd probably think I were crazy and that were excessive. But for me personally, I enjoy going on Instagram. I enjoy seeing what my friends are doing. I enjoy listening to podcasts and catching up with people and resources online. In my life, I'm okay with doing an hour to an hour and a half on my phone. Ideally, like hour 15 minutes or less, like ideally less, but max, I'm okay hour and a half. So figure out your win, when you can go on your phone, Figure out your where, where you feel okay going on your phone. Let's briefly talk about inappropriate places to be on your phone. Your bed is an inappropriate place to have your phone, and that is for two reasons. Number one, just in general, it's bad for your sleep, and you need sleep. Sleep is good for mental health, mental wellness, your well-being. You need sleep, and when you have a phone in your bed, the whole blue light thing again, and it messes with your circadian rhythm, So we're just not going to do that. We're just not going to take our phone in the bed for that reason. And number two, there's actually a Huffington Post article about this, and it's a phenomena called fubbing, and it's spelled P-P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G, like snubbing your partner but with your phone, so fubbing. And so basically, I know that I have done this to Benjamin. I know because it happens. But basically, it's when you prefer to be on your phone rather than talking with your significant other. And to my single gals, and I'm not trying to be like, haha, but I am saying when there's people around you that want to connect with you and love you, it is a little rude to be on your phone in bed. So Ben always goes, attention, please. And that's when I know, okay, maybe this has taken a line too far. I need to put my phone down and stop fubbing Ben. So for you... If you have a significant other, don't you think it's a little rude to just choose your phone over them each night? How would you feel if you were trying to talk to someone and connect with them and they just wanted to mindlessly scroll on Instagram? Yeah, that's probably not the best feeling in the entire world. So I would challenge you to keep your phone either out of your bedroom or put it somewhere like a charging station in your bedroom or just off to the side. I know for me personally, I try to put my phone away at night. After a certain time, maybe like 8.30 or 9, I try to like toss my phone in my bedroom so I'm not around it while I'm getting situated for the night. And then when I go to bed, I have a little drawer that I put my phone in. So it's like I'm putting my phone to sleep. And I've talked about this in like a previous YouTube video, I think. But basically the idea of putting your phone to bed and it goes in there and it charges in a drawer or a box or something. And you don't look at it until the morning time. Some other really practical ideas for spending time more mindfully on your phone or being intentional with your relationship with your phone would be to turn off notifications. Every single app wants you to turn on notifications because the more it notifies you, the higher likely you are to go back to the app, which in turn gives them more money. But when you're constantly being distracted, you're in deep focus reading a book or working on something, responding to an email. And when you get a notification that someone just messaged you on Instagram or you just got a new snap on Snapchat or your favorite YouTuber just uploaded a new video, it distracts you. It entices you. And maybe at first, like the first notification, it's like, oh, no, I don't care. No big deal. And then the second notification of the day, you go, okay, well, maybe I could just look for a minute. And then the third notification And before you know it, it wears down on your ability to say no and you're being pulled in all these different directions. So if you have work to do, which I'm sure you do, and you struggle with maybe focusing sometimes because we all do from time to time, 
If that is you, then I would really challenge you to turn off the notifications on your phone. Of course, like, I mean, texting, that's something else. I don't usually get a ton of texts throughout the day. And if I do, I allow myself the grace to not respond until the evening time. I read online that it takes 15 minutes to refocus back on whatever task you were in. So for example, if you're in deep focus working on a project or brainstorming something, or if you're like in the flow, writing this great blog post, or just if you're in the flow of something, whatever it is for you, and something pulls your attention away, maybe someone walks in or you get that notification on your phone, when something pulls your attention away and you're interrupted and you go, huh? That pause, it takes you 15 additional minutes to get back to that zone, to get back to that focus. If you're a woman made for greatness, I know you have great things to do. And if you have great things to do, you need the focus and the time and the energy to do them. And that's why it's so important to really focus and streamline and turn off those additional notifications because you have important things to do. Another thing that I do with my phone that helps me a lot is out of sight, out of mind. So when I'm working at my desk and my phone is just sitting right next to me, usually it's not a problem, but some days I can't help but pick it up. The same thing with having to say no to the notifications earlier. The first time I look at it, okay, fine, no big deal, not going to touch it. The second time I look at it, nope, still not going to touch it. The third time I look at it, well, you know, it's still been there for a while and eventually my no wears down. But instead, if I just put my phone like behind me, that way I'd hear if it went off, like if it was a call or a text message, but in general, it's not pulling me away and challenging me every time I look to the side. Well, that's not so hard, is it? Or, I mean, one thing that Ben does is he puts his phone in another room if he has to work on something. So he'll set it in the kitchen or in our bedroom. So that way when he's working, he won't get pulled away and get unfocused every few minutes. And it's not challenging and it's not wearing on him. So that's another really, really simple and easy thing I would challenge you to do. And an app that I really love for helping me with keeping my phone relationship in check is Flora. So you set a certain amount of time that you don't want to be on your phone, that you don't want to touch your phone, and you put an amount of money that you will pay if you go on your phone during that time. So that kind of raises the stakes and makes it a little bit more serious. So for example, what I do, I usually set 30 minutes or 45 minutes and the dollar amount that I usually set is $5. If I was like really super focused and I was like, yo, I have to get this done, maybe I would raise the stakes to $25 or 30. And so what happens is my phone goes to the side of me and there's a countdown on my phone and a virtual tree is being planted. But if I get my phone and I start going on an app, I will get charged the $5, the $10, the $25, whatever it is, I will get charged that on my phone. And for some of you, this may sound really stupid. Why in the world are you paying money to use your phone? And that's just it. I don't have to pay money if I don't go on my phone during that time. So I'm making the stakes more serious. It's just the same if you had a coworker, for example, and you know you needed to get a project done, and you said, hey, hold my phone for an hour, and if I ask for my phone before the hour is up, 
I will give you $10. That's basically the same thing that this app is doing. You just have to make sure that you're not expecting any important phone calls or anything like that during the time because the app doesn't make any exceptions. If you use the phone, you get charged. But for me, it has been so helpful to use the app because I can just focus and it's like, okay, 30 minutes, no one's going to explode if I don't respond to them in the next 30 minutes. It's okay. It's okay to get focused. So that's another thing I really love that helps me keep my relationship with my phone in check. So we're going to talk about three more things when it comes to your relationship with your phone. So number one of the three, if you're really having a hard time with staying off of your phone, maybe it's specific apps, maybe you could delete them each night. And I know you're going to be like, Serena, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't really want to do that. Sister, I hear you. I see you. I know. But if that's what it takes to get you to stop automatically going on that app, because I've done it and you probably have too. You grab your phone mindlessly and you just pop on and you're going, oh, let's go to Facebook. Oh, let's go to Instagram. Oh, let's go to email. And it's like, what do you think has happened within the last 10 minutes that you were on it? Why are you hopping from app to app? So by deleting the app on your phone at night or when you're ready to have your downtime, it stops the automatic habit. A lot of times we just go on apps because it's a habit. We look at our phone and we go, oh, there it is. Hop on there, check out what's going on over there. And if you delete your app at night, then you go on your phone and, oh, there's nothing to go on today. Or, oh, we're not going on Instagram right now. We're not going on Facebook right now. We're not doing that right now. We're having downtime. And another thing that you could do if you don't like that idea you can do what my friend Katie Limster suggested that's right Katie thanks to you so Katie messaged me after I was saying that yeah sometimes I delete apps at night to stay off of them Katie said hey I do this thing where I set up a screen time on my phone where I only go on my phone from this time to that time and I only have a certain amount of time on the apps and this is not like a controlling thing like her husband is not trying to control her like you can only go on your phone from this time to this time that's not what's happening here I'm pretty sure what's happening here is Katie is acknowledging that she wants to have a more healthy relationship with her phone and she doesn't want her phone to overtake her life with her husband and her daughter which is amazing and incredible and shout out to Katie can we all be a little bit more like Katie what she said is she has her downtime scheduled and her husband actually has the password for the downtime and at first I thought you know, that sounds great for you, sister, but I don't think I want to give up that freedom is the word. I don't, I don't know, but I've been trying it. I've been trying it probably for the past couple weeks. So I have it set for me personally. My screen time is from 7 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. Because personally, I'm not usually awake before 7 a.m. I should probably be in bed around 10 if I'm still aimlessly on my phone 10.30 or later, I don't really have any business being on my phone. I'm not doing anything important. And so when you schedule your screen time, you can go and set it up. And parents, this is actually really good because you can set it up for your kids. I don't know if you know that yet, but you can. This is for you. This is a personal decision. You're able to look at your life and go, okay, 
where is it a problem that I'm on my phone? Am I on certain apps more than others? Do I go on my phone as soon as I wake up? Maybe start your screen time a little bit later. When you're setting up screen time like this, you have apps that you're always allowed to be on. So for you, it could be like Safari. It could be like phone calls, the camera setting. A lot of the apps that don't generally take up your time, but you can still access. Another good one to have always allowed is your map what if you're driving you know now obviously in my opinion I don't know if screen time is the best for long term maybe you're off doing your own thing or your significant other is doing something else but basically how it works is you choose someone ideally someone that you live with to have a passcode and you decide your time frame from what time to what time are you going to be on your phone or you decide the limits on each app so you don't want to spend more than 30 minutes on Facebook or you don't want to spend more than an hour on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever whatever it is for you that you use the most like wasting time that you'd like to fix and then you can have your significant other come in and set up a passcode code. So Ben and I have been trying this out and it's been going pretty good so far. Previously, I know that I spent like there were a handful of days where it'd be like three hours on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so ridiculous for me personally. I was like, that's too much. So we set an hour and 15 minutes max on Instagram for me. That's what I thought I could do. And so he has a passcode. And so at the end of the day, if it's been over that or if I need to post, I just hand it to him and I'm like, hey, can you enter the passcode? And this may sound like super weird, but for me, it's actually been really helpful because it's having someone else hold you accountable. And accountability is like this weird thing now that we don't want people seeing where we're at. We don't want to come and fess up and say, hey, I'm spending all this time on my phone or, you know, things like that. It's hard to want accountability, but I truly believe that you need accountability to grow as a person and you need accountability to help you become someone more. So if I need accountability to set up screen time and if you need that, then I wouldn't knock it. So, so far, based off of Katie's recommendation, it's been working pretty well. It's just nice to have someone else to keep me on track, to help me minimize my time on my phone. And as I said before, you can totally customize for you whatever you feel comfortable with. But for me, it's been really great. And it doesn't have to be a significant other if you live with your parents, if you're always with your mom, you're always with your dad, whoever, if you live with a roommate, just someone that you're generally with. And I mean, worst comes to worst, like you won't be able to use the social media on your phone if that's what you choose to limit on your phone. So, I mean, honestly, like, do we really need to be on social media all the time? Probably not. <laughs> and worst comes to worst, if something happened, you could just text them and be like, hey, what was that code? And they would give it to you and then you could set up another one later. So it's not that big of a commitment and it's worth a shot if you're trying to reduce your screen time. Lastly, I want to talk about no phone zones. So these are just ideas and scenarios where it's just probably polite to not be on your phone kind of situations or moments where you know, it's, we should probably just all put our phones down. Number one would be at parties or at celebrations. If you go to a friend's birthday party or it's a baby shower or whatever it is, if you go to a party, it's probably wise to put your phone down. I know sometimes like you can get this random text message. And you're like, oh my gosh, like what did they say? Why do they need me? And it's totally fine to step out for a minute, but it's kind of rude to just like sit there on your phone while your aunt's trying to talk to you about the onion dip. You know what I mean? It's probably best to have courtesy with 
with your friends and family and put your phone down at parties. Another place where it's kind of rude to have your phone is at dinner. Whether you're at a restaurant or you're at someone's house or if you're just having dinner in your own house, it's a little rude to be on your phone. I know it's challenging because maybe you were like just reading something and then dinner's ready and so like you're sitting down and reading the thing at the same time. But studies also show that like when we're eating and we're on our phones, we tend to overeat because we're not really paying attention to our food. So if you want to lose a couple pounds, perhaps, just kidding, but it's a good idea to put your phone down during dinner. So I would challenge you to do that. Thirdly, when you're having coffee dates with someone or when you're hanging out with a friend, there's nothing worse when you're talking to someone and like you're being honest and real and vulnerable and you look over after like talking for five minutes or something like that and they're like on their phone and they're looking at something and they're not reciprocating because it's like you're pouring your whole heart out and you're not getting anything back. Those are just some common courtesy places that I would really challenge you to be mindful of your phone usage. And overall, this episode was just kind of like a summary with things that I've been trying. I've been trying with deleting the apps at night. I've been trying with screen time. I've been trying with I've been trying with having a place to put my phone at night and not going on it anymore. And I know this is an ongoing thing. So don't be too hard on yourself if you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm only going to be on my phone for this. And then the next day you're on it for an extended period of time. Like don't be too hard on yourself and don't be like, oh my gosh, I failed. But at the same time, kind of have acknowledgement and go, okay, I have a phone. What do I want this relationship with my phone to look like? How much time am I comfortable spending on it? In what situations will I actively put my phone away and engage with the people around me? I think it's really important to have those conversations with ourselves and establish boundaries in our life for when our phones are allowed and when we would rather put them away because your relationship with your phone can stop you from growing your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others. Let's face it, I know that it's easy to go on your phone. It's easy to not deal with how you're feeling. It's easy to not deal with emotions or thoughts. Going on your phone is easier than journaling or meditating or going on a run. I get that. And I feel that. But if you want to grow as a person and you want to invest in yourself long term, we need to look at this phone relationship, this phone situation, honestly, and ask ourselves, where do I want to be? What do I want that relationship or dynamic to look like with my phone? And how can I make changes today? So my dear friend, I hope this episode has been inspiring and encouraging and just given you a lot of ideas for things that you can implement in your life. This is my just take it or leave it style information. So if there was something that resonated with you, cool, awesome, try it. I would encourage you to try it and let me know how that worked for you. But if there were other things that you were like, Serena, that's crazy, that's okay too. Like just leave it on the table. I just want to lay everything out that I've been experimenting with and let you know the different ideas or things that I've been trying. So until next time, sweet friend, I hope you keep on pursuing your greatness and staying in your own lane and just chasing after the thing that sets your heart on fire. Bye-bye.